you were hearing about at night, late night. And then the person who has just one of the two, at least they get their tasqiyah done, they can purify themselves of sin. And there is also Ali Nakshibandiya, the moment of Ariyat has mentioned several things by which we can understand the importance of Sahba. The moment of body is with Muktibad, volume number 3, letter number 70. says that once a lot of us Mashaikh and Muradin, the word uses is Dervish. Dervish is the word that we use in Persian for Salakin, for Muradin, for Mashaikh. So he says all of us Dervish were gathered sitting together once. And what were we were discussing? Dervish means in other words the gathering of Uliya Allah, secrets of Allah Ta'ala, lovers of Allah Ta'ala. Allah. This is that we were gathered together on the day of Jummah and we were discussing that what is that Sa'ah, there's a moment that comes in Hadith, and the comes to mention Hadith that there's a moment on the day of Friday where your du'as are accepted. So we were discussing with one another that if any one of us uh, were to find that moment on Friday when du'as are accepted and what du'a would we make, if any one of us were to discover that special moment on Friday, when Allah Ta'ala accepts du'as, what du'a would we make? So, what should one ask from Haq Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala means what should one ask from Allah Subhanahu So the different people, they gave their different views as to what they would ask. Everybody named something according to their own understanding, their own temperament, what they would ask for. So the Qadu said, that when it was my turn, I said that I would ask for the company of Arbabi Jam'iyyah. Arbabi Jam'iyat They would ask for the Sobat of Arbabi Jam'iyat What does this mean? Arbab means the people who have deep Jam'iyat Jam'iyat and Tafarruka These are two words Imam Al-Bajat uses often in his Maktubat Jam'iyat are those people who are so firmly steadfast on their zikr of Allah SWT that their whole heart is focused on the zikr of Allah SWT they have Jam'iyat and the Falaka means that they have all types of random thoughts coming. Sometimes they're doing zikr, sometimes they're doing 90% zikr, sometimes they're doing 80% zikr, sometimes they're having only worldly thoughts, sometimes they're having thoughts of Allah SWT. So that is the state of the Falaka. So as Muhyiddin, we can understand this, right? And at the beginning, a person of the zikr has a lot of the Falaka. In fact, sometimes in the beginning, that's all they have is the Falaka, and they're making a journey, they have moments of jamiyat, episodes of jamiyat, hours of jamiyat, stages of jamiyat. But Arbabi Jamiyat are those who never ever have any Tafarraka. Their heart is completely ensconced and entrenched in the zikr of Allah Taala. So Imam Al-Fajr bin Al-Aradam Taala, the great Mashaykh he said that that's what I would make dua for. That I would, if I found that particular uh, time in which the du'as are accepted on Jummah, then I would make du'a that Allah Taala grant me the of the Arbabi Jamiyyah. So then Hazrat commented that we should think that such a big wali of Allah Taala is asking what if he gets kubulit al-dua he's asking for sofa. So that means that the awliyaullah also felt that the greatest thing that they could benefit from was sofa. So then imagine the ordinary person like us 
how much we need to get that benefit. And then how they quoted a portion of the hadith, that there are such people that even the person who sits with them will never be deprived. The long hadith that Imam Nawi is also transmitted around the Salihin. That group of people were making the zikr of Allah SWT. Allah SWT sent the angels down, asked what they find out, what they're doing. They came back and they're making the zikr of Allah Taala. Allah Taala said He sent them mercy, blessings, forgiveness on them. Angels said that Allah Taala, there are a couple of people there who were just passerby. They're not really al Majlis. They're not really regular members of that gathering. They're just passing by. They just happen to sit in the gathering. So Allah Subhanahu Wa then said to the angels, this sentence, "Hum no, even they I will forgive. Even they get my mercy and blessings. They get everything just for sitting there as a passerby that the regular member got. Why? Because the people they're sitting with are such people that la that anybody who even sits with them can never be deprived. So this is from a hundred percent sahih. Sometimes we like to tell you super sahih Yes, this is a super sahih Yes, it's in sahih and accepted by Imam Nawawi. In a super sahih it means that there are such people that if you sit in their company, just sitting with them means you won't be deprived of the stairs of Allah subhanahu That's something minor that you won't be deprived of. You won't be deprived of the stairs and nur and nisbat of Allah subhanahu So this is the importance of keeping sofa. So here, so Hazrat Fadr Dillah said, that he would make dua for what? The Sobat of Arbaab in Jamiyyat. Then, uh, continuing in the letter, the Imam Khadr bin Lu'ahara gives his reason. And his reason he said is that so in the zimmad of their sohbah, I would get all of the sa'adat. Zimmad means that in, as a consequence, as a consequence of their sohbah, it literally means side effect, but here you can translate it maybe in English as a consequence of their sohbah. I would get all the sa'adat, all of the happiness, felicity, joy, all of the blessings. So that means that Khaja Ubaidullah is saying that keeping sobat of Arbaab and Jameel is a means to get all of the blessings and bounties of the deen. How did he explain that? What are those other sa'adat? The Rizab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Taqwa, and Jannah. These are the three big sa'adat. Allah Ta'ala being pleased with us, having taqwa in this life and having jannah in the next life. These are the three sa'adat in the language of the Mashaik of the Sobo. So these three things, taqwa, jannah and the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala through the sofa of the arbaamij of iyyat. So again, then how do we this from this? We can estimate that how much importance has been given to Rasulullah because the shaykh is the person of Jamiyat in our Sulsala that somebody of the rank of Khadr Abedullah said and he was such a person that the king of the time was bad to him he was such a great wali of Allah SWT that the king of the time was bad to him in fact Khadr Abedullah had this famous sentence he said that if I was to begin Piri Muribi if I was to take bear if I was to make this the main purpose of my existence there would not be any shaykh on earth who would have any murid. Is <laughs> that everyone would become my murid. But Allah Ta'ala has given me another purpose. Allah Ta'ala gave me birth, created me for another person. And what is that? Ihya is sunnah. 
Ahya is Sunnah. Because Allah Ta'ala gave me another purpose which is to revive the Sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu I have been sent for that purpose. He went to visit Khwaja Ubaidullah Ahrar. He heard Allah Jami is a great alim of deed. Some of you have studied Shah Jami in the most disrespectful way. Huh? Allah <laughs> And when he went there because Allah Ta'ala blessed Khwaja Ubaidullah with a lot of wealth and a lot of money so he saw that there were all these fine carpets and they were you know, royal scene of tents. So he turned back. He didn't go, he turned back. And he said this poem in Persian that nobody can really be a man in Mardimutman and a true Rajul min Rajalullah if he has kept the world as his friend. So here the Mulana Jami left without meeting Because he thought to himself that the person has someone in dunya and he must not have Mulaya there's no point in meeting him. On his way back, returning to his home, he was tired and he decided to stop in the masjid and he took a nap in the masjid. When he took a nap in the masjid, he had a dream. What did he see in the dream? That it's the day of judgment. And nafsa nafsi means it's chaos and selfishness reigning supreme on that day of judgment. That everyone is seeking their own self. And then Milan Jarmatha sees himself and he looks around him and he sees that there's a large crowd of people surrounding him. So he asks those people that, Who are you? And they say to him that, We are the people of Haq, who have hukuk over you. We are the people who have rights over you. And then someone said to him that, You did ibadah. Oh, from Allah, one of them said that you did ibadah of me. One of them said that you hurt my heart. Anyway, they all said that we all have hukuk over you. So when Allah said that there were so many people, such a vast crowd, who have hukuk over me, and then he saw that they kept coming one by one, and he kept giving them their good deeds, as is Allah Ta'ala's rule of the day of judgment, that you will have to give your good deeds and virtue and act of ibadah to those people who have rights over you. So he started giving his good deeds, and then he realized that even if he gave all of his good deeds, he still wouldn't be able to fulfill the rights of all of these people. So he started getting extremely worried and distressed, and then all of a sudden, when he was extremely worried and distressed that what's going to happen with me and he says that I was dripping in sweat in my dream and I was terrified then Allah subhanahu ta'ala how will I save myself in front of Allah subhanahu ta'ala and then he says that I saw the came riding like a king on a horse and he passed by me in this comfortable royal procession of riding on a horse and he looked at me and, and I saw that there were hundreds of thousands of people following his horse in a procession going towards Jannah. And then when he passed by near to me, and then he saw Mulana Jamil Atta'adeh, so he stopped his horse, and he asked him, Mulana, why do you look so worried? And Mulana Jamil, in his dream, he said, Shaykh, all of this crowd of people has come here, and they all have rights over me, and they've come to demand their rights, and I don't have enough good deeds to give to them. So he said, okay, why don't you do this? Take my book of deeds, and however many deeds you want, you give it to your crowd on my behalf. And then he said that, and then he continued on with his horse, and the whole hundred thousands of people continued following him. And at this moment, Mulana Jamilat says, eyes opened, and he woke up from his dream. Now, Mulana Jamilat was a great alim of deen, 
So he understood the dream with an ishara that he will get a tremendous benefit by being the murida for the father of Ibn-Ahrana such a benefit that his salvation on the Day of Judgment will lie in his being the student. So this story shows you the nisbat of Nashai. Right? Shows you a number of things. Number one, that a person does a lot of backbiting or a person has ujub and riyah or even a person goes against the nazam, right? That Allah Ta'ala wants to put them in. Maybe something I talked to you about some other day. But a person has to follow the adab. Adab of salikin, adab of birbai, adab of tariqat. When you don't follow the adab, then you end up on a collision course with your fellow salikin. When you end up on a collision course with your fellow salikin, then you violate the rights of one another. And then on the day of judgment, you will have to deal with the rights of one another. Here, Hazrat Khajur bin Ahadam was presented in the dream as again, that he's not the wealth he has wasn't the wealth of Allah and Jami that you saw. He has another wealth. You know, just like somebody who's rich in this world says, okay, here, my purse, take as much money as you want. That is a sign that that person has almost, almost limitless wealth. So the dream was showing Allah and Jami that you, when you saw him, you thought he had limitless wealth in the dunya. So as he has limitless wealth on the akhirah, and if you attach yourself to a person of limitless wealth of the dunya, maybe that wouldn't have been right. But actually, when you attach yourself to him, you will be attaching yourself to somebody who has limitless wealth in the akhirah. So that was a Khad Marana Jamina. He turned around and he went straight back to Khad Ibn Ahrar. When he went back to Khad Ibn Ahrar and then he went, met, then he waited and he met him and he said salam and then he shook hands. But Hazrat Khad Ibn Ahrar and Tahir was Sahib Kashf. So he said, Marana. The first time you came, you didn't meet me. And what was it that you said on your way out? What was that sentence? Was it on the route? What was that sentence that you said on your way out? And I said, That nobody can be a real man of Allah if they have the dunya as their friend. And then he responded, he, as they do in poetry, to give the second line of the couplet, he completed the verse. He said, Agar darad barai darad. He said, but if he has the world, and he has it for the sake of his friend, and for the sake of his capital F friend, for the sake of Allah's fault. So what does that mean? That Allah is saying that whatever I have in the dunya was not for my sake, my nafs, my ujjub. Even what I have in the dunya is all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, here, so such a person like Hazrat Khadr Ubaidullah he made dua. Such a person who is going to be of such benefit to such great ulama like Mawlana Jamirat and the Day of Judgment, who will be leading a procession of people into Jannah. He said that if I was to discover that special moment on Jummah, when duas are accepted, I would make dua for Sohma, Sohma of the Arbaba, Jamiyat. Then Imam Nabadan is written in the Maktabad volume 1, letter number 260. And we should know that the saluk of the Sulsala, the saluk of the Sulsala means traveling the path of our Sulsala, is going to be done by having a Rabita and Muhammad with a Shaykh. By having love of a Shaykh, that is what's going to enable a person Travel the path of the soul, Arsul Sulam. What type of shaykh? The shaykh who is a muqtada, 
Muqtada means the shaykh that is one who is worthy of being followed. And then Imam al-Ma'ala uses this term. But who is the shaykh? The shaykh who the shaykh will be the person who himself traveled his path of the sawbah on Sayyid Muradi. Sayyid Muradi means he is the shaykh is the murad of Allah Ta'ala. So a murid must become murid of a shaykh who is the murad of Allah Ta'ala. The seeker must be the student of a shaykh who is the besought of Allah Ta'ala. Then if they have attachments, they attach themselves in Muhammad to such a shaykh who is done, who is traversed through Sayyid Muradi. And second is, has uh, the kamalat of the soul of Tukubata in Jazab. Tukubata in Jazab, this is from Jazab, those of you know the Sababi Ithfiyal. What does it mean? It means that Allah Ta'ala Himself, what is our jazba for Allah Ta'ala, our attraction for Allah? What is in, in, in jazab Allah Ta'ala's attraction for us? So, kuwata in jazab means that Allah Ta'ala is attracting and pulling that person, that Shaykh Kamal, on Sayyidim Murani towards Him. And by Allah Ta'ala pulling Him towards Him, Allah Ta'ala bestows Kamalat and perfection on that Shaykh. So when that shaykh does in Nazarit Kalbi, when that shaykh casts his gaze and his spiritual attention, the went through heart, onto the diseases of the heart, the spiritual diseases of the heart of the breed, then the breed gets shifa, the breed gets cured. And then he says that such a sahib kamal will be the imam of his time and it will be the khalifa of Allah Ta'ala on earth of his age is that such a person of perfections is the imam of his time and is the khalifa or the representative of Allah Ta'ala's stage and the abdal and the aqtab are happy to remain in the shade in the zil of his maqam that the abdal and aqtab these are let's say categories of awliya so they're happy to remain under the shade of his guidance and the otad and the jaba this is also another two categories of awliya they are uh, they are content by even getting a single drop of the bottomless ocean of such a person's kamalat. And such a shaykh, the lure of his hidayah and irshad, the light and luminosity of his guidance and direction, will shine like the light of the sun on every single person. <coughs> so here Imam al-Balatah is talking about the very high level of shaykh even higher than the Abdal and the Aqtab, Aqtab and Sulul Qutb, higher than the Utad and the Najibah, most likely a shaykh who has reached the rank of Mujaddin. Imam al so the point is uh, that the love and Rabatah with the shaykh is, uh, makes a person get the doer of the Hidayah of the shaykh, even without the person intending so, just like religion like this was given to the rays of the sun, so when you walk out in the open air, even if it's not your intention, you will get the rays of sunlight. Because that's the nature of the sun. That the sun is so brilliant that it casts its rays of light on everyone who is walking underneath it. And just like that, when the rays attaches themselves to the shaykh, although yes, we have this niyatana sallam rabita kalbi. But even if a person was not able to be conscious and aware and make the niyatana rabita kalbi, does it mean that that can block or negate the shaykh when you're coming upon them? Then Ibn Abdul Mahdi writes in volume number one, section two, uh, volume number one, part two, letter number two hundred seven. 
that uh, he writes that Kurb and the Kurb of body means physical proximity and nearness has an effect on the near has azim tafir has a tremendous effect on the proximity and nearness of the hearts. So as a comment of this is said that when the person two people are physically close, then that means that their hearts are also close to one another. And because of this reason, no wali has ever been able to reach the maqam or rutbah of a sahabi. Even if the awliya, even if one of the wali of the awliya does so much ibadah, or they do so much khidmat of deen, they can never ever reach the level of a sahaba. And now the Saudi Baba is going to say, Kirmama continues, quote, the Oais Kandi, was such a great, despite his great rutba and his great rank, still, he never had the sofa of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So somebody asked Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mubarak, uh, that who is better, Amir Muawiyah, Madhuladana with the Sahaba, or Sayyidina Umar bin Abdul Aziz, who is a Tabi. Right? Abdullah bin Mubarak was one of the great Abdullah bin Tabi'in or Tabai Tabi'in actually. The Tabai Tabi'in, one of the great Muhaddisin of the Tabai Tabi'in written in Kitab al Zuhud. And Umar bin Abdul Aziz, for that matter, was also from the Tabai Tabi'in. So somebody asked Abdullah bin Mubarak, who is greater, Amir Muawiyah or Umar bin Abdul Aziz? Just so you understand why did this question even take place, the questioner was asking only from this perspective that at the time of Sayyidina Amir Muawiyah, when he was the Imam, there was civil war and strife. In the time of Urban al-Aziz al-Saleh, there was internal peace and justice and security. So he was asking from that point. So Sayyidina Abdullah, uh, Shaykh Abdullah bin Mubarak, he said that even the dust that entered into the nostrils of the horse of Sayyidina Muawiyah when Sayyidina Muawiyah was riding his horse in Jihad in the company of the Prophet even that dust in the nostril of the horse of Sayyidina Muawiyah is better than Umbin So what is that? That meant the Sohba, the importance of Sohba. Nothing can replace Sohba. Sayyidina Muawiyah was sahib Rasul and the sohma of Sayyidina Rasulullah and this concept of the dust and the horse that is what we call nisbah that many times has explained that whenever something has nisbah then something is Allah and something is adna something is Allah, something is asfal something is greater, something is lesser but when they get connected the hukum of what is greater gets transferred to the hukum of what is lesser because the dust had nisbah with the horse the horse had nisbah with Sayyidina Muawiyah the hukum of the dust is the same hukum of that sahaba, and therefore the dust is greater than Umar bin Abdul-Aziz. Then Hamadi mentioned that the need for ittila and rabita shaykh was very important. Up till now, Muslim mentioned the benefits of sohbah, just being in the company, jaleez, sitting in the company, right? But there's another aspect of shaykh, and that is rabita shaykh. And a person has to be in communication with the shaykh. So here Hazrat commented that we should know after reflecting on what qurb a person gets by means of sohba and what rutba, what level and rank a person gets from sohba, but a person should make sure that they attach themselves in a deep connection with the shaykh and without any hesitation they should mention their hal, ahwal, their spiritual state and condition to the shaykh. Now some people, as you write, as you said, that some people, shaitan, 
deceives some people into this misunderstanding and that is what they think that you know as long as our job is to simply put ourselves in the presence of the Shaykh and the Shaykh will understand everything through his own gush Tazadi explained and many times explained this was wrong but rather doing ittila or informing the Shaykh of one's condition is the duty of a Salik and the Salik has to inform the Shaykh themselves then some people say that, well, we have nothing to inform because we're not doing the mamlat, we're not doing our daily regimen of practices. So as we said that, so they said, what do we have to say? So as we said that, that that itself is something to say, that itself is what you have to relate, that I don't do the mamlat, that itself is something to inform. So the absence of a state is also something to be informed. Why? Because when you don't do your mamlat and you don't tell the sheikh, so you won't get the do of the sheikh to do your mamlat, so when you don't do your mamulat and you inform the shaykh, then maybe you will get tawfiq to do them, either due to your ikhlas, your sincere ittila, or due to the duas of the shaykh. So one should not have hesitation, one should not remain reserved, one should not hang behind, but rather the good salik is the one who informs the shaykh of whatever they're doing, even if you're doing something, and even if especially if you are doing something wrong, something against Sharia, you must inform the Shaykh. And then, as we said in our lifetime, we have seen so many hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of people who were doing sin, but they informed the Shaykh of that with a sincere intention that Allah Ta'ala cure me of this sin. And when they opened their hearts in front of the Shaykh, then the du'as and the wajahat of the Shaykh led to them complete change in their life. Then some people say that we have doing mamulat. So the first one, I don't do mamulat, what should I say? Second is I'm doing the mamulat, but I don't feel anything. So what should I say? Right? So exactly, this is exactly what you should say. That I do the mamulat and I don't feel anything. So that's what I tell you. The absence of a state is also a state. Adami kefiyat is also a kefiyat that should be mentioned to the shaykh. So in every situation, a person must inform the shaykh. And this is a grave uh, deception and fraud of shaitan that he tries to cut a person off or make them distant from the shaykh by making them think that the shaykh should know, will know, or should know on his own through the shaykh's gush. But no one that he said that you should not rely, you should not wait for that to happen, rather you must inform yourself. Yes, after you inform the shaykh, it may be it will happen that he may be able to perceive your reality. He will be able to read between the lines of what you're saying, but you have to make sure you do your ittila. And as I mentioned that in this day and age, people have another problem, and they don't tell everything to their sheikh. Whenever there's something good to tell, they relate it to their sheikh. And if there's everything bad about them, they don't relate it to their sheikh. So, and then Hazi mentioned as many times he has that same thing people do about dreams, they want to tell the dream so badly, but then there's one bad aspect of the dream. So they say, no problem, I'll just tell the good parts of the dream, and I won't relate the bad part of the dream. So the Hazi said that, no, when you tell your shaykh, you have to tell your shaykh everything. And that is the gush you should be worried about, that if you tell your shaykh the incomplete information, or you try to deceive him, then what if Allah inspires the shaykh and unveils the shaykh to your deception, then what standing would you have in front of the shaykh after that? How, on what basis does Allah Ta'ala, uh, the Nazi Mitzvah doesn't say that why does the Shaykh get kashf? Why is he able to read between the lines or sometimes perceive your deception? That is because of your old du'as. 
And if you ask what du'a, so that every regard, every salah, you make du'a, ihdida salat al-mustaqeem. That you ask Allah Ta'ala to guide me to the straight path. So when Allah Ta'ala has made the shaykh your guide, and you've been making du'a, so Allah Ta'ala accepts your du'a, and so even when you tell your shaykh an incorrect information, or partially incomplete information, Allah Ta'ala, if he answers your du'a, he will inspire your shaykh with the reality, so that he may be able to guide you. Once somebody went to the Qur'an of Ibrahim today and told him in advance, Oh Hazrat, so-and-so has come to meet you for such and such a reason. So the Qur'an of Ibrahim got angry, the special jalaam, and said, I curse that shaykh who is not able to ascertain the reason why which people come to him. So this is why I was told to that you should fear the insight of the mu'min because they gaze with the noor of Allah subhanahu ta'ala and if this is true about firasat al-mu'min then imagine intaku firasat al-wali how much a person should be wary of the firasat of a wali if a mu'min sees with the noor of Allah subhanahu ta'ala then imagine how acute the spiritual insight and perception will be of a wali of Allah subhanahu ta'ala so in this, then Allah subhanahu wa opens the matters up to the Mashai so that they can guide you if you are sincere and wanting to be guided. Even the gush from the shaykh is dependent on your own ikhlas. That is why it's very important in summarizing all of this. There should be no taqallub, no formality, no hesitation between the greed and the shaykh. Some people, then shaitan has another deception that they say that we are nervous and scared of shaykh. We're nervous and scared of Shaykh, and we're too scared and too nervous to talk to him. So here also then, he said that no, you shouldn't be nervous and scared when talking to the Shaykh, but rather you should have your Rabita, and you should inform the Shaykh without any hesitation of your condition. Thank you.